yeah. Look, black and blue lives. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean. What is going on, everybody? It is, it's not Wednesday, it's Thursday at 8 p.m. I'm real Prince Blue, well, Prince Blue, talking like a jerk off. And that's my man, Jay Step. And this is another episode of the Black and Blue Lives show. And we're doing Thursday today, this week for good reason. Um, it was my son's birthday on Monday, and he had a Great Wolf Lodge Day yesterday. So um, uh, Uncle Step said, yeah, we can push it back for the little ones. So we pushed it back to the day. He had fun. Um, I'm grateful. I'm happy. I'm re-energized. How old is he now? What's up? What's his He's age? four. He turned four. That's awesome. Yeah, man. And he had so much fun. He loves the water. Well, for those who don't know, his his, his mom had a uh, water birth uh, with uh, Princeton. And he loves water. He, like, zones out, like, with the water. He has absolutely no fear of water. Put his vest on. He's ready to go. The slides, um, does he get, he'll do he'll, I bet he, he does them all. He would. He, he, he did do the slide. I put him down the slide one time, and he just... He has a stone face, man. I think I think I have a little sociopath on my hands, man. Like he has the greatest poker face ever. Like he just nothing bothers him. I, that kid, he's he ceases to amaze me every day with his the way he just approaches life, man. It's like, dad, let's get it. You know what I'm saying? And I, but I guess that's what kids do, man. They make you get up and and be somebody because they're looking at you, and you know you can't. They can't sense any fear of you because then they'll they'll get scared. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's like uh, a lot when we deal with the public, you know, we can't show fear. You know, no. Could you no, imagine? Could you imagine show up to a call and be like, "Oh shit, there's somebody in there with a gun. What do we do?" I mean, like, uh, like, and like that's why I called you, motherfucker. What are you talking about? What do we do? Yeah. <laughs> Give me the damn gun. Let me handle it. <laughs> but um. And that and that's a great segue. Look at you becoming a veteran already. Today's show, we're going to talk about, you know, because uh, Jay, people always be like, like, who the fuck would want to be a police officer? Like, why would you want to be a police officer? Like, that's stupid. Like, why would you want to make that little bit of money and 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 risk your life and all that stuff? And then on the other end, uh, talk about you like you ain't shit. So we're going to get into that. Why young uh step and young prince became a police officer and what 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 that takes what it took then and what it's going to take now going forward to um to be a police officer and not just be a police officer but be a good one be a successful one and survive it's not only survive in a physical physical term but career survival i mean yes yeah because there there's there's room the administration of most departments and politicians, they allow for zero mistakes, zero errors. And and you're just a scapegoat. And a lot of times, so it's, it's just a struggle to, to survive both career wise and and physically 
to get to your here in North Carolina, 25, 30 years for uh, full retirement benefits. It is, man. And we're going to start with, we're going to start um, set with, like, I'm, I'm going to show you some pictures, man. And I, and I want you to, I want you to talk about like what did you see like like what what was the best part about that like what did young step um did re realize when he was when he was about to embark on this journey um let's start let's start here let's start with this one like like who was this guy who was that? Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was 2000. Uh, Coming into it, that man, lipstick on? You... I look like a lipstick. There's the lighting. Oh, man, you look, you look like somebody else I know. But what was going on? Like, what did that step? Why did he become a police officer? Uh... Honestly, I've said it before. I think as at a young age, I was, uh, you know, watching chips and I had a, <laughs> you know, a highway patrolman who bought my parents' house when I was like three. But I remember he gave me a ride in his squad car and let me talk, you know, and that stuck with me. And then so, you know, I always wanted to be a Marine or in law enforcement. So, uh, and then growing up, you know, I had that almost like a sense of duty. I wanted to serve uh, and I wanted to, I was a guy who always took up for the person getting bullied growing up, you know, went to a bunch of different schools and moved around, but I, I would stand in between the person getting bullied and the, I would step in, in between the bully and the person getting picked on, like pick on me. And, you know, which meant I got in a lot of fights and in, in high school and stuff, but it was, they were just, you know, say justified but but like you know i'm taking up for people and that's what i always wanted to do is stand up for stand up for people who couldn't stand up for themselves so i think that gave me that was that was my sense going into it and at that age you know you're kind of naive uh you know prior to that i was a deputy in mcdowell county so that this was in 2000 so that you know late 99 early 2000 when i did that but uh just you know the only thing i really knew of policing was what i saw in cops but you learn at the police academy, which is absolutely nothing. And uh, <laughs> that, yeah. Um, what what would you tell yourself? Like, you think about like what would what would me tell myself if a young like you know, if that was a young officer? I tell what, what, I tell you'll probably tell you'll probably tell yourself like a hey, um. You probably tell yourself, "Hey, buckle in, kid. It's gonna, it's gonna change. One minute you're gonna be loved, and the next minute you're gonna be the most despised human being on earth. One day, what you do is not gonna matter any more than the person who shot at you and is now laying on the ground dead, even though they shot at you. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. Your life is gonna not matter more." Than the scumbag, pedophile, rapist, murderer who just fired shots at you, he's gonna get a he's gonna get a statue. He's gonna become a deity. He's gonna he's gonna get countless um, uh, 
protests and things in his honor, and you're gonna be <laughs> you're gonna be the the lowest excrement on earth. That's what that's gonna that that's what you would probably tell yourself if you old self was talking to young self. Yeah, and then you then you would ask the question, do you still want to do it? And knowing the step I know, he will say absolutely. Yeah, and, and you know, I told I told you that conversation I had with an officer who got shot in the head a few years ago in uh oh four, oh six. Uh and I met with him a couple weeks ago. He just beat cancer. He had like stage four cancer and, and just got a clean bill of health. And it, he had such a positive attitude. And we were talking about the, how this job really fucks us up, right? So, mm -hmm. and, and I was like, you, could you imagine who would we be and what kind of person would we be if we this job didn't fuck with us the way it did? You know, would we, we'd probably be, I don't know, it, who knows, you know? Uh, but, and he said, you know what? And he said, you know, this guy got shot in the head, right? His, you know, disabled, uh, had a years and years of surgeries and processes to go through to recover. And his, his words were, you know, but, but we both would do it again. You know, we both, we made sacrifices, you know, to this job and our community and our physical well-being, and our families suffered. And then it's how powerful is that to tell somebody, you know, that I've been in, Five percent of struggles, you know, this compared to what he had to deal with, you know, mm -hmm. and for him to say, but I would do it again. And even I know how, how fucked up this job is, you know, it'd be, you know, part of the, the, the rationale part of my brain would be like, no, fuck that. But, you know, and but then you think back of, you know, maybe the good things I've done, the people I've saved, the, what would happen if I wasn't there? And uh the cases you solved, the it is uh, fun. It, the, it the fun. everlasting memories of somebody that has encountered you is probably telling the story. They're probably going through the academy right now because of something that you did, or or something that you inspired in them. That's the that's the thing about this job. Um, you have to do a lot of self, um, not congratulations, but you have to do a lot of self evaluation and know that. What you're doing matters. If you're doing the right thing, it matters. And you're not probably not going to hear it from the public. Shit, sometimes you're probably not going to hear it from your own family. But you have to know that you're doing the right thing. Um, you're not going to hear it from the departments. But you have to know. That's the thing about this job. Not everybody can do it because everybody... Human, natural human beings, they love ad ad admiration. They love being told that they're doing a good job and that, you know, they're the best ever. And they love all the kudos. As a police officer, you're not going to get those. And <laughs> you literally have to eat shit and like it sometimes. Oh, and yeah. you have to be ready and you have to be mentally strong to know that hey right now you know cops aren't the most favorite people in the world but i know i'm making a difference and i'm going to keep at it yeah and and if you, you think you know I, I might tell that young man is what i you know 
started the police academy at 19. You know, had to wait a few months to, to graduate once when he had to wait a few months to get sworn in. You know, so my entire adult life, uh, I dedicated my life to the community, the departments, Laurel worked hard. And uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> Collins, but, it, but, you know, what, what would I be? What, you know, but, but, but the, the problem is, and this is a problem for some people and a reality of others is, and I'm sure Collins would agree. This is who I am. I don't work. I don't, we never say, Hey, I work as a police officer. Now, some people, it's just a job and they can leave it behind. I couldn't do that. This is who I am. It's my, it's, it's my, uh, it's my calling. It's my purpose. It's my identity. And that's been the hardest thing about retirement is, you know, you lose your identity. So I don't know if you ever watched the shield, but even though, you know, this, uh, the detective Nick, Nick Mackey or whatever was, was a bad guy in the kind of a bad cop in the show. But at, at the very end, there's a scene of him sitting in an office. This is like last two, two minutes of the show ever. And, uh, he's in the office. I guess he made some kind of plea deal, but anyway, but basically you equate that to being in civilian life. And then he hears e-traffic, you know, somebody, a couple cars running e-traffic. So get, he's in a, in an office, but he looks out the window and two cars, you know, running e-traffic pass him. And he's kind of looks empty, you know, and, and, he, there's there's no dialogue in the last scene and but just that emptiness and that sadness of not being you know what's going on we don't know you know i mean you're just not part of it anymore it's like i, I equate it a lot of times it's like you would agree i'm sure it's like people are like what's it like being a cop it's like being behind the scenes in a movie you're watching a movie on screen scene you, you see what's going on but we're behind the scenes we know what it takes to make the movie and and now you're not part of that so now you're just you're like a spectator again. You're just watching, you know, the movie. And you know what? <clears throat> I want to say this for people like let's just put it in retrospect for everything. If you're a social worker, doctor, nurse, yeah. firefighter, Wendy's, bus driver, mechanic, whatever it is that you do that makes you feel fulfilled, makes you feel whole. Imagine being on the sidelines. Imagine being a mechanic. Not imagine being yeah. a NASCAR mechanic and not being able to work on a car anymore. Imagine being a nurse and not being able to work in the ER or work in a doctor's office anymore. Imagine being um being a firefighter and, and, and you're not able to fight fires. You're not able to go on calls anymore. That's the emptiness. Being a social worker, not being able to do what you do. That's the emptiness. And that's the thing that some people have to realize why when you're a police officer, when you're in any field where you're a first responder or you're essential personnel. It takes a lot to do like, for example, how how many how many bus drug busts have you been on step where it's like hundreds, thousands, maybe millions on the table. Like, you know what it takes to not take any of that money where nobody will miss it. Like, it it, it takes a lot. Like, a lot of people always be asked, like, if I was in a room full of money, I would do this, I would do that. Okay, now, imagine you being a police officer and you're in a room full of money and you have to count that money and you have to give it back. 
that takes a lot. Yeah, it, that it takes it, a lot. And you know, you're, you're, the cops who do it for the right, you know, they could be in a room with, with an exit door, a bag, and they're not going to, they're not going to go out because we we're going to do the right thing. And that's hard. And a lot of people don't understand that because they hadn't been in those positions. And, you know, John Collins is a good example. Uh, you know, he's been out since 2012 and, uh, you know, we, we have conversations and, you know, he still bleeds blue. It doesn't, you, just because you're out of it, you, it doesn't, it, you stop. Care, it doesn't stop. You still, you still give a shit, but you're going to do the right thing. You're not, you're not going to compromise your integrity or the, you know, for so you don't have to worry about it but but people don't understand that because we we have great responsibility and and choose to do the right thing i mean how many times you, you know you search in a car there's money or or and but you do the right thing you cell phones ipads it yeah. is it, it, it everything and and there's been <clears throat> there's been officers that have been fired because they take money, mm -hmm. they take evidence, they do this, they do that. It happens. And it, that's why that's why people don't understand the vetting process it takes to be a police officer. I was in the process for over a year. That's credit checks, background checks, physical fitness checks, going as far as back as jobs when I was 14 years old trying to find those oh, yeah. people. Like, they literally, departments want you to list every job you've ever had, even if you've had it for three days, because they want to go and see what happened in those three days. Like, so what I did was I I, I uh, bought a printout from Social Security office that pretty much gives you a printout of every job where you use your oh, Social Security number. And I and I sat down and I filled out my application just like that. And I promise you, they went back to my, a job I had at McDonald's in the mall when I was 15 years old. And I, I didn't remember the supervisor's last name. All I know is we always called her Miss Jackie. So when a background investigator called me, he was like, I, a lot of your jobs are no longer there. They dummy their new corporations and stuff like that. But he was like, the one that stuck to me was when I when I went to the McDonald's and I asked to speak to a Miss Jackie and she and I asked her, Do you know a Prince Blue? He used to work here in the summer when he was 15 years old. She said, No, but if he calls me Miss Jackie, he definitely worked here. <laughs> And 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 that and the background investigator was like, you don't know how many times people get disqualified from the application process for just little things like that, just lying about a simple job. Like list all your jobs. We don't yeah. care if you got fired or whatever. And that's the thing about police, because they want to know that you can do the right thing when people aren't people are not standing over you. Exactly. Yeah. And and so when I started, I went to like I said. Uh, started BLAT in 98, uh, got college credit, went to McDowell Tech. Uh, I'm from McDowell County, of course, if you pick up on the mountain accent. Uh, 580 hours, went to night class, worked during the day. So I got 18 credit hours, so I put it towards my uh, associates at the time. Uh, working, you know, driving a Heister forklift at a shipping dock at Collins and Aikman uh, during the day. Work all day, then go to school all night, five days a week. Uh, and that's 
what I did for, you know, night class. So it took longer, it took about nine months, you know, two semesters and graduated when I was 20 and had to wait. I had a job at the sheriff's department. I, I could, I do rylongs and had a uniform without a patch. They gave me a uniform. I had a, had a holster, empty holster. So I, I, I drive around, I drive around. So yeah, they were great. But uh, yeah, so I had the deputy shirt on, you know, the pants had, a, you know, all the stuff on my belt, but no gun. And uh, probably not the safest thing to do in the mountains of Carolina, but I'll just ride around with somebody. And, uh, you know, I worked some 911 dispatch, you know, all the way, there's one person doing 911 and dispatch. And uh, it, so things have changed a lot in the expectation. And I know at, at that department at the time, uh, you know, there's no policies, there's no written policies. We were legitly spray somebody or get in a fight with somebody or, get a chase and then just arrest them and go to the next call. Uh, so, I mean, things have really changed. Yeah. Things have really changed. And, and that gets, brings me to another point of something you need to be a police officer. You need, you need integrity. And you and I both have been transparent about, you know, we've gotten in trouble, you know, we've made mistakes during our, um, police career but the one thing that nobody can ever question is our integrity and that integrity goes with telling the truth call it falling on the sword call it whatever you want to call it but that matters once you've once you're labeled a liar or you have no integrity forget not being able to be a testifying court or uh be a police officer to the public Jay, talk about how your fellow officers don't trust you. Like it's we're harder on ourselves than the department is is hard on us. Like it will break my heart. Like if I was working next to you, you know, I will find out. Hey, Jay made a mistake, but he also lied about it. Cause then I'm like, well, I can't trust you. I I I need to be able to trust you. Like that that it goes both ways yeah. talk about that a little bit like how integrity is is it's up there it's, yeah, it's and, up there and if, if it's regarding if it's doing a report if it's reporting uh any you know they are talking to your buddies if 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 they feel like you've manipulated something and it, it could it be you know there's there's a thing called giggle gig, gigolo 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 yeah. yeah so so basically if you're if you call not telling the truth, the department has to report it to the district attorney, right? So and then they could find you not credible based on you lying. And then if you're not credible in court and they're not gonna use you to testify, your job as a law enforcement officer is, is useless. It's right? over. Yeah. It's over. So, so you have to be not only truthful, but you have to remember, you know, like in use of the force or whatever, they want you to be like, okay, I, with my right hand. I punched the suspect in his right chin and then I fought and they, they want step-by-step -step play. And what probably, what the problem is, and a lot of times you see this, there'll be an instant on video where it captures from a different angle or from the body camera. And the, a lot of departments won't let uh, officers view. Like I worked at a department for where if it was on video, they won't let you view the video before you, write your statement 
Well, shit. Yeah. If you've been in, like, have you ever been in a high school, a backyard fight or something or a football, you don't remember. You know, like, could you imagine in the huddle, like, you're, you know, you're coming off the line and you, you play, have a foot, and they want step by step where you step, which you don't remember, right? So, and not only don't, I, I've had to ask officers, did I punch that guy? Do you remember me? Because you obviously don't, you're in the, you're in the heat of the moment. And, and then yeah. so what happens is they say, okay, step what happened. You're like, okay. And you, and you, you tell them what, what happened to the best of your knowledge. And then they pull a video and the, oh, you didn't hit them three times. You hit them four times. Oh, you're lying. I mean, like what, you know, but, but that's, that's, that's how much pressure is on the officer to, to like a lot of officers get discredited in court because they get the cases confused. We've seen it here in Charlotte. I've worked with some good officers and they start testifying. Well, they might copy have the, paste. the copy and paste. <laughs> and, and, and so, so what happens is they either copy and paste their narrative and, or they have notes and get them because they're unorganized because you can't no longer, there's no longer can you be a cop with a GED at a major metropolitan city. The, Speak the, on it. the reports alone, I mean, you have to have, I mean, you, you have your master's degree. And the reports you have to write have to be chronological, in order, legible. legible. You have to have good grammar. You can't take a case to the DA and be like, "Yun's bit on my," you know. You you <laughs> you you have to be educated, right? So to to be successful. And and you know what? It's the weird thing is like, um. I know some officers like yourself, um, others that know they don't have master's degrees or doctorates or even a bachelor's, but they know how to articulate themselves. They know how to explain a case. They know how they know case law because you could know you could be all book smart in the world. But if you don't know your case law, if you don't know where you went wrong, if you don't know your own policies and protocols. What good is the degree going to do you if you don't know your own uh, uh, policies? Yeah. So I tell um, people the, 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 the people getting involved said know the policy. Well, one know the state law and know no policy. Know what you can and can't do. Find out what you can do when you need to use it. I mean, you know, there's and then I, it, you know I worked with great officers that had a GED and they were great cops. And, you know, be like, hey, well, you know, we'll get a drug bust or whatever and get like a kilo of dope or whatever. Hey, man. All right. Cool. What did you have on? He gave me the skunk eye. <laughs> like, oh, shit. You know, I was like, OK. But, it, you know, but you could, the skunk eye, like, you know, if you don't know what the skunk eye is, it's. So, so to be a good cop, you have to be street smart. Right. So a lot of things I'll pick, I'll pick up on is. If, if I'm behind a vehicle and there's more than <clears throat> people in the vehicle, two or more people, and they're all looking straight ahead, that's telling me, hey, sums up. <laughs> they're not talking. They're not engaging. Or, you know, there's always three or four, and it never fails. What happens? The person in the next seat, somebody in that car looks back at you. Like, oh, shit, the cops are behind us, and somebody will look back at you. So it's like, okay, well, if they're acknowledging the cops behind us, they might be a dirty, right? Or if you're the skunk eye was you're, you're passing somebody looking at somebody <laughs> and their eyes get really big, you know, you'll see, you'll see it or they just stop in the middle of the road or they just panic or they pull off or the skunk eye. But, 
but these guys were good. It's like, you know, I don't want to mention any names, but he may have made a comment a few minutes ago, but I remember, uh, uh, I think he was on like punishment leave or on admin or something. <laughs> I forget it at chase delivering turkeys. Uh, <laughs> but I, I tell people, yeah, I'll, I'll say his name. John Collins is one of the best cops I've ever known. <laughs> he's, he's a good cop. So he he was supposed to. It was a great town, so he was being punched. Like, all right, you got to deliver turkeys. Well, so next thing you know, he's chasing a car and it crashes into a minivan. So they're like, all right, well, you know. So anyway, so I'm around with one of my buddies, and I think we were on FMT or something, maybe at the time. And uh, I get a call from Collins. He's like, hey, I just witnessed a drama. I mean, Coswell, I just witnessed. A witness a drug deal. I'm like, it's awesome. All right, cool. Where are you at? We're coming your way. And I started heading that way and get behind the suspect vehicle, trying to get a stop on it. You know, it's a Honda Accord, two people in it. And, you know, I'm on my cell phone. This is, year, I mean, 2011, 12. Hey, and I'm looking in my rearview mirror. And I'm trying to say, hey, do you want us to get RS on the stop? And he was like, you know, this, this means turn your lights on. Just Stop it. So yeah, like, just turn your lights on. John Collins here <laughs> telling me, we'll stop it. So I stopped it. Go up to the guy. He's a little nervous. White guy with a Hispanic. I go search the car. Man, I go back to John pulls up behind me. I'm like, John, there's nothing in that car, dude. I looked over. There's nothing in that car. He said, no, there, there's, there's, there's heroin in that car. I'm like, John, feel free to look, but go talk to the guy. The next thing you know, John goes up and looks, looks in the windows. And, you know, the guys are out of the car. Again, and looks, didn't see anything. He opens a cooler with ice, right? Picks up a Pepsi can and rattles it, screws off the back and 50 blooms of heroin <laughs> comes. <laughs> what the fuck? That guy, man. No, I was like, it, it, it's like, he just, that's, that's how, how instinctive it was. But it's funny when they're like, cool, John. You know, he's like, oh, he, oh, by the way, you, I'm on admin leave. You can't use me as a witness. <laughs> I'm like, shit, I don't have driving. I don't have – without him, I don't have reasonable suspicion. I've got this guy who's been three times illegally deported uh, you know, re-entry with 50 blooms of heroin. He said, well, you can't But you use know him. what? That's, that's old school police old school work. That would never fly. It was great. I was like – It was great. I was like, hey, John, all right, cool. Well, what did you see? And he said – it was a white guy and a Hispanic in a Honda Accord, <laughs> in a Honda Accord at Coswell. <laughs> I was like, what? But people but don't was, understand. That, These are some right. of the things that adds up to reasonable suspicion. Like, like we know for well, now it's different. If you see a white guy in uh in uh Belmont, they probably have a half a million dollar there. home there. Yeah. But back in the day. If you see preppy white kids, you get um, they're getting stopped. What are you doing here? What are you copping? What do you have on you, officer? I came to get, a, I came to get a bag of coke. Drugs. Yeah, a lot of times they will tell you, "I'm just looking for they, weed." They, I'm like, "Well, you're gonna get shot. These guys are gonna take your money. You're not getting the dope. Get the hell out of here." But they're, if they're, they're like, gonna just take your car, they're gonna leave you. They're gonna leave you butt ass naked. Yeah, you the can. kids, the kids from the rich neighborhoods, will be like, "You're stopping because I'm white." I'm like, "Absolutely." What are you gonna do? to complain to? You know what? Yeah, you're in here for one reason or another. I remember one time I pulled over, and I was like, "Oh, so I'll just call your parents to let them know you're in um you're in Belmont." No, no, don't, don't, don't. I'll never come out here again. Get your ass out of here. You know, like, they're, they're, 
there's been like a, it was great. You know, they had a couple he/she's. I don't know what the political term is for them, but they Use were the right pronouns. Use the proper pronouns. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not up to date on the pronoun, but they were transvestites. Is that the right name? Is that good? Don't 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 bring up those. You know I have a. But they would so these these guys was great is they would pick up these they would come there to pick up hookers and they would pick up these guy dudes that look like girls and and they didn't know they were it was great because they didn't know they were were really males like Tay Tay and these people that so it was great stopping them you know they'd pick up and they're like oh no this is my friend what's your friends and they'd you know and you'd be like do you know Tay Tay. As you know, a nine and has a pay pay. Has a nine and a half by <laughs> by by six. <laughs> Tay Tay about to knock you the fuck out and take all. Yeah, Tay Tay rob your ass. Yeah, I think Tay Tay yeah. getting shot. But but the problem is, it was funny because they they, they didn't have a clue. Uh, because, no. But, but that's where we come in at, and these are the things that we do sometimes at night when everybody's resting, watching American Idol. We're out here arguing with two preppies who just thought they picked up the the best things in the world, and it's not what they think. What's really good and is after they go to like second base, then they determine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to love the look of their fans. It was priceless. Got to see it through, my boy. That's that's exactly what that's exactly what be good. But uh, to bring up another thing that you need as a police officer um and that it ties into overall why we started this man you you need good mentals you need good mentals because this job is going to test you you're going to see some shit you're going to you're going to see some shit that's going to make you question the world yeah i mean life it's how you see when you see children getting molested by family members, by family friends, and and you know for a fact, I can I can probably drive this fucker somewhere and just beat the ever living shit out of him. But you can't. It'd make you mad, That's- right? So you had to. So you have to have the integrity. You have to do the right thing always when no one's looking. What do they say? You have to do the right thing. That's number one. Number two is you have to have restraint. They have rights. Yeah, you have they to have, have rights have to restraint because you know you you roll up and they beat the shit out of their their girlfriend or their mama or their elderly parents or molested a child or it pisses you off man you know but you have to you still have to professional professional and and like people got to get it out like we like we can't we can't do law and order or chicago pd we can't be that rogue sergeant or rogue police officer the shield you can't be out here slamming people around and, and you know, no matter I he could be the scummiest child predator on earth. That you actually got people out here that say, Hey, you shouldn't have done that to him. He has rights. Child rape be damned. Like you have people out here that's literally that's they're worried about. If, they're worried about yeah. the rights of the most scum of the earth, the people that predator, you know, the predators, not just somebody who commits a crime. You know, it, I'm talking about the people who prey on innocent people who shoot and kill, who rob and molest and do horrible things without any 
conscious. And I just know, do you have a shirt with your picture on it? Oh, yeah. How do I get one of those? <laughs> do I go to your website to get one? Yeah, you could just you just buy one, man. You, you just sell buy it? one. I don't have one shirt. Yeah. Why would show show? I'm sure everybody sees the background. I don't know if they, can they see the background. Oh, you oh the people oh they want to see um yeah we're gonna put and these I, on shirts, man. I will say that they did get my physique right, my but my shirt's a little loose. <laughs> In real life, I would have a smaller shirt on. Hold on. Boom. <laughs> That's pretty accurate, right? I think so. <laughs> I mean, I got dimples, right? Blue eyes. <laughs> Why you got that shit eating grin though? That's the part that that's the part that makes me laugh. And I have what to have shout out to, I have to shout out the young lady that's responsible for this. Um she did an excellent job. Her name is Amelia Kate. Um you can find her on Twitter at Amelia Kate. 22. She's a graphic and website designer, concept artist, and animator of, of live 2D face. She she did she did that from scratch. Um, I think that's wonderful. Um, for those who don't know, we have like three different artists working on all types of things for the show, me and John. And for some reason, every artist says. John is the hardest person to draw. They say white people is hardest to draw in general. I don't know why. Oh, the, Miss Amelia Kate, who did, she's a white lady, and she did this. Look, look how accurate she is with me. With John, it took Pretty like accurate. four different faces to get him. Because <laughs> for some reason, he's just so hard to draw, man. It's so chiseled, man. It's so, it's like, she got rid of your chin. There you go. Mm -hmm. She looked you out, man. Yep. But um, so and then thick skin. That's another thing you gotta have. How hard is it for people to be yelling and cursing at you? Because you want to be like, you want to punch these people you, in the fucking face. You fat black motherfucker. Like, who do you think you are? Look at you. You all fat. If I run right now, you won't be able to catch me. You probably eat all the snacks at the station. You fat motherfucker. Like, this herbal, is stuff that people abuse says to me. Integrity, uh, you know, love of the profession, doing the right thing, thick skin. You have to take it. You know, you want to stop it. And it, it you, you can't react. Like, they're like, fuck you, pig motherfucker, you pussy ass. Blah, blah, blah. And you just want to be like, pow. But, and sometimes cops do snap. And it's not right, but I understand it. <laughs> I'm like, it's not right, but I understand. I understand. It. Listen, I've been there. I've been there where I'm literally begging somebody to give me a reason because I'm like, dude, I just wanna, I just wanna ball your dumb ass up and fold you up and just, just, just make it, just make you wish you never came across me. But you have to be a professional. Everybody has to be always, lawful. What do they tell you? Always, and it's true now, always assume that you're being recorded. Always. And you have to act. You have to make everybody happy. If you do something, a use of force, you, we talked about it many times, would, would, would rest 19 armor army suspects in a month, and then the only thing in my file was we cursed out a bad guy who was trying to kill us, right? But, but, but they, they, they go back. You have to be I mean, 
you, unrealistic. You no emotion. Like if you get pissed off because somebody's trying to kill you, then you get in trouble because you didn't you showed emotion. You have to you literally have to be a damn robot. Yeah. Um it was customer and service and chicken sandwiches and french fries and all that, in that stuff. Do you know, I was talking to a sergeant the other day, and he said that in the training he was doing, that that it actually says, like, things not to do. and says, never tell anyone no. Like, what? So somebody says, hey, can you just let me go? We, 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 apparently, well, according to the Chick-fil-A standards, we can't tell people no. I mean, so that's just another joke of a reason why. And we're, we're, you can't we're taught, tell people was, no. No, and we're taught in the academy, man. I told you it's, it used to be it, the buzzword now de-escalation. Well, verbal judo was they would tell you back then, even in McDowell County, when you didn't have any rules, that it's all how you had to talk to people. You have to be able to to talk to people. And they always push that. And, it, and that's equivalent. Ver, verbal judo was equivalent to de-escalation. And, you know, you're going on calls. Some of those counties, you know, I worked 560 square miles or whatever it is with three or four deputies going to domestics by yourself, you know, up a three mile dirt road to a cabin, you know, where Joe Bob ain't going back to jail. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, you, you have, yeah, you, a lot of times you have to like, you, you have to know how to talk to people and they, and they teach that at the academy. So that's important. Talk to people, treat people with respect. If you have to break them off, break them off. If you have to punch them in the face, punch them in the face, but know what's appropriate and when to do it. Sometimes yeah. being, not being aggressive enough could get you hurt. Sometimes you have to know when to be aggressive. You have to, it's like the shit we have to do. You have to be counselors. You have to be uh, attorneys. You have to know the law. You, I social mean, workers. Social lawyers, workers. You, security. You, I mean, God. It, and now with, you know, the, the, the amount of training. Some police they, officers be trying to be husbands. <laughs> you can't do that. Oh, the, I mean, the amount of responsibility <laughs> on an officer now compared to the officer now that goes to the academy. How long is it? Nine months? I think it's 650 hours. I don't know. So basically six six to nine months. Then you're with a trained officer. So in most places have training officers, uh, medium to larger departments. Where you do how many? What's what's PTO or FTO PTO here? I think it was like fourteen weeks, wasn't it? Yeah, like what three months, three and a half months. Yeah, yeah. So you go three yeah. and a half months of of training where I'm with an old <laughs> officer, where you have a gun, you have arrest powers. They put you with different officers, and then you're on your own. So it's it's over about what almost a year before you're on your own, and then you're on probationary status for a year, which means they could fire you for any here in Charlotte. Most places they could fire you for anything anyway, but for a year. Uh, and you have to know, you have to be an expert report writing. You have to remember everything perfectly. You have to be professional, be nice, look good on camera, not let a bad word slip, uh, be able to counsel. Yeah, you know, it's it's like people would ask me all the time, be like, like it's be like a domestic about a kid, or it's like, dude, I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you I know how to raise a kid. I've got you know, either I didn't have a kid at the time, or I've got a kid. I'm like, I've got my own problems. I'm not trying to say. Just because I'm a cop doesn't mean I know more than you about raising a kid. <laughs> it's hard, right? So uh, yeah, I'm not a yeah. Somebody, but just because I'm a cop, I, don't, I can't give you good advice on raising a kid. Uh, but you have to know all these stuff. You know, you know, you and someone like so. When I hit the streets, I was 21 years old, living in the you know, 
in the mountains or not, not saying I was, it was culture shock moving to Charlotte. You were like, a Mountie? A mount, mount guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. He was on a horse. A little, yeah. <laughs> but, but the, the, the expectation now, and, and then what, what do you have the, you like, okay, if I'm, this this one issue, I think when we both came on, you know, you weren't really worried about as long as you do the right thing, you weren't worried about going to jail. Now you're like, okay, I make a split second decision is wrong. Now they're just sending me to jail. I could go to prison. I could get fired. Send you to jail food. first and then prove your innocence later. later. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And 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 that that brings me to the last thing you need is when you going through all of this. When you were 21 and I was whenever I won, you need you need a support system. You need family. You need friends. You need somebody outside the department. You really do. It it to to your point, it was always nice having like, you know, every once in a while I'd, I'd make friends from the gym or something from someone in, not in law enforcement, and it was almost refreshing. And then, but sometimes those people will let you down, you know, because it's, it's, it's tough, you know, and, and like you said, the, the, the background, at least here in Charlotte, most agencies that I know, they, I mean, or, or, I mean, if you made a post and that's the thing now is now they're pulling up people's, you know, they social want to know media. social media. I would never be able to be a cop right now. If I was to go, like, if I was to go now and go out for a cop. Within 30 seconds of them doing a social media scrub, I'm done. Yeah. Done. I wouldn't be able to be a cop. You can't have an opinion. You have you can't be lean right. You can't lean left. You can't there's so many restrictions on you. On not only you, but your family. Your family can't do this. You can't do I mean, it's you're constantly even when you're off, you're not off. Yeah, but you're you can't have a beer, you know, if you're having a beer and it, you're constantly under the microscope. And I don't know how the new guys come in with all that responsibility. And, they, and maybe they don't know. Maybe they just don't know how much has changed and it's just the norm. But it's an unrealistic standard. And to, to make it 20, 25, 30 years is almost impossible. But, yeah, here we are. You and I both uh, retired um, um, doing this now. And hopefully a young guy or older guy or gal will see this or listen to this and be like, I can make it. I can get through. Um, Cause we're telling you, it wasn't flawless. You and I making it through you to retirement. Make but mistake. we did it. You learn from them. You learn from other people's mistakes. Uh, you, you, you deal with drama. You deal with tragedy. You deal with heartbreak all the time. You miss birthdays, you miss Christmas, you know, you have to you work week, weekends. All, I mean, it's it's what they require officers is almost doesn't make sense. And especially when someone who could be like, well, I could go work for Bank of America, work nine to five weekends off holidays and make as much or not more money. Why, well, so but why, are you happy? Yeah. And that's the thing is. It, it, it's tough, man. It's 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 a career that will change you tremendously in a short amount of time. I mean, how do, how do you deal with death, brains, body parts, tragedy? I mean, you have to adapt 
shit you don't like it's, it's like almost surreal like you'd see in a movie a lot of times it doesn't look real somebody hit by a train and they're in 15 different pieces it didn't look real but that's a human being that's someone who put their shoes on that day or that afternoon they didn't know they were going to be scattered in 15 pieces they, you know so that starts playing with your psyche and you have to be you know if, if you're not mature you 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 mature really quick. And as a 21 year old from the bounds of North Carolina coming to Charlotte, it working that, you know, it's, it, it, you grow up fast. That's I mean, you, you do grow up fast and you never stop <clears throat> because <clears throat> as a, excuse me, as a police officer, the moment you think you've seen it all, mm. you should quit. Because you haven't. <laughs> and that's that's a great part of the job. It's like, okay, well, what's the good part of the, I will, you know, I think I have ADHD, AD, I don't know. One of the, I can't sit still. I don't want to be in the office. I want to go out and do different things. I think you said too many letters. I said AD, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, probably both of those. But, but you, you're, there's a lot of responsibility and a lot of freedom. And this is, a lot of people say, this is a lazy man. If you want to be a cop, and just shag your calls and be not proactive. You could do that. If, you know, it's a lazy man's job. Oh, to a certain you have to take the reports and stuff. But, but to do it the right way, there's 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 a lot of work and a lot of dedication and to do it the right way, dedication, selflessness. You know, some hey, this sucks, but I'm going to have to do it. And the good of the people, you know, and, and you know, I had a comment on one of my social media posts last week or so I was like you knew the risk you signed your job is to sacrifice yourself for others i'm like what i'm not jesus christ yeah was that the pokemon uh no that was a different that that wasn't the pokemon but (laughs) but the pokemon guy said he he said get a real job he's like get a real job oh i'm sorry uh but but i'm like my job's not to sacrifice art you know we know we, you go to the military you you do a dangerous job you know the risk but that didn't mean we signed up to die I'm not going to, I didn't sign up to sacrifice my life. I'll put my life at risk. And, and, and I did hundreds of times as well as you did to, to protect people and keep people safe. But to, to but sacrifice, I didn't sign up to die. you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the secret service and just going to jump in front of the bullet for you. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, it is the stuff that is expected and it, it's almost impossible to do the job now. It's a toxic environment. You don't have, you know, I could always deal with shit from the bad. I expect the bad guys to lie and try to hurt me or get away. And, but it's a, the administration of dealing with being micromanaged or second guessed was the hardest part for me. Yeah, man. I, we say it every week, man. And to close, we got out just in time, man. Cause I, I don't, I don't know how we would have lasted, Jay. It's just, it's just a different game now. Like I was walking to the courthouse the other day to take care of some business, and you're looking at some of these kids in these uniforms. They look so, they look so happy. They're like full of vigor, and they want to save the world. And and I love it. It's just the fact that I know that that job is going to strip them. They they won't be the the same person. They won't be the same. And 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 I know, like, uh, you know, when I, uh, my last month or so of my career, I retired, uh, 
they sent me to university third shift. And I remember, or, yeah, third shift. So, but I remember talking to, there were some good officers, but I remember talking to them about, hey, people out here trying to kill you. They're, you know, this is a serious fucking job. You know, trying to get it through to them, you know, being involved in shootings and, you know, having friends shot or killed or uh, seeing what could happen. And, and a lot of them are just clueless, man. They're playing on their phone. They don't have a clue. And it blew my mind, man. I'm like, these guys aren't, they're so, they're so good. But they're not cops. They're, hi they're hiring people to put in this position, but they don't have, it could be the integrity. They don't have the, the love for, for selflessness. They, passion for the instinct. They don't have the passion. They're just here. And you're, the shedding, uniform. you're shedding that up for failure or they're going to fail the community or the community is going to suffer because, but the, the generation now, there's, there's some good ones, but it, it's scary. Yeah. And man, I couldn't have said it better myself, man. Um, so we're just going to, uh, we're just going to leave it at, this to where we're gonna let everybody know that um there's still there's still not a better I don't want to say job but there's still not a better and, and we're biased there's still not a better career choice than to be a police officer um there's more lucrative ones there's less stressful ones absolutely um but far as day-to-day -day, uh making a difference and and um uh being fulfilled there's there's nothing like it and um i just hope that the community and other police out there um are taking care of themselves taking care of each other and just respecting each other's space to do their jobs and to exist in the space and officers you need support from the administration, from the sergeants, from the community. And this this is the best job. It could be the best job in the world. But you, you the the community and the and the admin has to support the officer and give them a little room to make honest mistakes and not mm -hmm. so and you notice you didn't say let them go or not hold no. hold them accountable you said allow them to make mistakes yeah. but if you make a big mistake or you make a bad mistake be prepared to be held accountable that you and i will never waver from that we're going to support cops we're going to back the blue but we're not going to back stupidity there's we're no not other job for for uh job skills there's no other job where you could do something in a split second, malicious or not malicious, and be on national news and cost the city and the department and your livelihood, millions and millions of dollars, your your image and is, is ruined. Uh, it's it's a tightrope, man. Absolutely. Um Jay. So you are you ready? Listen, announce where people can find you. Come on, I have faith in you. You can do it. You can do it. Jonathan, Jonathan. So hit me up. So I'm I'm actually I was to do it today and I got tied up. But working on the Facebook page for us. Nice. 
Well, look at you making freaking moves. Yep. Well, so find me at Jonathan Step Instagram at TOG4280. On one of those. I think you said it backwards. Oh. <laughs> find it, Jonathan Step L TikTok at TOG4280. At TikTok. And find him on Instagram at Step4280. You can find me at Real Prince Blue on. Um, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff. A lot stuff. of people don't realize uh, not only Facebook, but we're on all the platforms. So, you know, people ask me, you know, they, they look at the Facebook and like, you, you know, you only got a thousand views or whatever, but I don't know. But if you add them all up, it's like half a million. Right. And, and I want people to understand that me and Jay, we're two schmoes. We're not tech savvy, social media savvy and stuff like that. But all that stuff comes with time. It comes with a budget. It comes with support. The more you support us, the more you um, you watch, the more that gives us the resources to get these things out and about. Like our podcast it still only has three ratings. Three. What? So people are not clicking on, they're not subscribing to the podcast on, uh, it's available on Google and Siri. All you have to do is ask Google, ask Siri to play the Black and Blue Lives podcast so we're or paid ask them to subscribe. Right. Blue's paid for everything. He pays for the, you know, the time on the air. I, I, you know, I did pay for the, uh, this shit's not free. The 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 talented art, they don't do this for it's free. Not. I pay for that out of my pocket. Right. And then like we want to do t-shirts, we want to do all of that, but the support has to be there. And it is there. For those who do support us, we love you. Thank you so much. But you just have to do that little extra step, like subscribing to the podcast, leaving a rating. That if stuff he, helps. That helps when people search for us, will pop up, and that that yeah. that does a great that does great for us. We're trying, you know, we're trying to get over it. We're trying to, with the with the website, with the art, with the name. We're so so it's just it's just a growing some growing pains, but uh, we're going to get there. And if you, you're able to help in any way, uh, have you know, we're going to have some cool people on the show coming up. Uh, if you have a, a topic or a issue you want us to cover. That not you know not only in Charlotte but if it affects law enforcement or public safety or mental health, let us know and we'll tackle yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, any videos that you see out there, you know, I don't mind reviewing them. You want us to road. critique them? If you see a cop that's doing something crazy or you got some questions of their tactics, send it to John and I and we'll critique it live on air. We'll give you a shout out and we'll 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 do what we do. That's why we're here. That's why we want to um. We're here for you guys, and we're going to continue to do it. And remember, we want you to check on one buddy. Hashtag buddy check. Check on one person. Ask them how are they and if they're okay. This is simple as that. It's a text. It's a. It's it's easy. One this, two three. This is our hashtag. This is a, another officer's. That's right. So. With that being said, everybody, thank you for joining us. We will see you next week again. Um, thank you to everybody who's supporting us, our lovely wives. We love y'all. Um, we will see y'all again, and we are. Yeah, yeah.